When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Hockey News on the A podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm Jacob Stoller alongside Patrick Williams as usual. We're in the second week of July where the dust has kind of settled on a lot of transactions, but there's a lot of unanswered questions with regards to next season, particularly with one organization, which we'll get to in short order. And then also we're going to look ahead to next year, who you could maybe see in the AHL that was part of the 2023 draft class and whatnot. So lots to kind of touch on that affects the AHL. But first, Pat, how are we doing, man? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just, uh, yeah, I'm kind of uh, kind of reeling from the, the Chicago Wolves situation here, trying to understand kind of what I think about it. And I'm not trying to just word vomit here, but I'm speaking out loud. When we first talked about the possibility of this happening, I think we were both – we were speaking the same language, but a little bit torn. Like you were saying how it's going to be hard with, without prospects and whatnot. And, you know, from a marketing standpoint, but also, you know, they could be crushing other teams and whatnot. I kind of thought, yeah, this could be a good test for other teams. And now looking at the roster, I have even more questions because while there's a lot of big names on it, I just don't know. I don't know about the, the depth is definitely the question for me, right? Because when you don't have that youth injected in the lineup and these guys are there and then the second soldiers in command, it just makes me weary about their ability and their durability rather this season. Yeah, that's it's a good question. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'll say this. It, it's July. <laughs> uh, You're right. Well, could there... we see a situation where prospects, other of other teams or whatever end up there in some way? I think we could. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is just, um, everybody now is trying to get all their, 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 their ducks in a row. Um, and, uh, just a sense of, all right, we have, you know, we have X amount of spots available, X amount of players. A lot depends, you know, so much is out of your hands, right? Like, so like, especially now that you're dealing with multiple different NHL clubs. So like, let's say a player makes a team out of training camp that you, you didn't expect or yeah. vice versa, a player that you, you did expect to make the NHL roster for whatever reason doesn't. Um, then what? Right. Like, so I think a lot of this is going to come down to like literally the, the week of the first week of the season where you're, you're scrambling, you know, and then you, you throw waivers into that uh, equation. Um, you know, does a player get claimed on waivers that you, you didn't expect or, or vice versa? Uh, so I, I've said this before. I'll come back to this again, though. Like, we just – we don't have a template for this for simple reason. We haven't seen something like this in 29 years. Yeah. Uh, the last time this was there was a setup like this was 94-95. Um, 
that was Worcester. And then before that, 91, 92, and you have to go all the way back to 87, 88. So in the last 36 years, you've had three teams go independent uh, in the AHL. And uh, two of them being no affiliation, no right? affiliation because there are and, independently owned teams. Yes. Yes. In, in, independently owned teams are separate from independent in terms of affiliation. Yeah. Um, and 94, 95, you had the veteran rule, but that was the first year of the veteran rule. So like it, it was a little different, you know, way back, you know, for the other two, because you didn't have a veteran rule to contend with. Now you, all right, so you, you have your 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 extra number of veteran spots. You got to f- fill 15, 16 non-veteran spots. That's where it gets tricky. Like, it's one and thing to go out and sign a bunch of vets, but it's so true. And like for for Chicago, Pat, it's like they need. They're almost and not only is there no template, but there's rarely so much pressure on those guys as you mentioned. So not like prospects, not veterans, the sort of middle ground AHL only contracts. For Chicago, like they, Hank Crone, who's the reigning eight ECHL MVP, got like a hundred and what was it? Some crazy, it was the most since 2016 17. Yeah, 105 points in the E, T- tore it up, was a really good college player, 25 years old, a lot to like there. But he may not work out. But the yeah. Wolves can't afford that. Like they, they really are putting a lot of eggs in, in that basket in the sense of like, you know, he has to, to be a contributing player. Connor McLennan, who was playing the WHL, he signed a two-year deal. Like he's got to be a high-end player, or or at least a, a middle six forward for them, and that's a lot of pressure to have. And I think, you know, would Chicago take on other players' prospects? Absolutely. But which is the crux of this whole thing? They're not going to. They're not going to take orders from anyone. Um, from another organization. So we'll take your prospect, but he's playing however much we do want him to play or don't. So it is really, it's really unique in that sense. Do you foresee a situation where um, Carolina comes back in, in some way, whether it's a couple players or like, has it, has the ship officially sailed on them doing some sort of, I know not affiliation, but like a bridge deal where it's there's something because there's only a couple guys they have on North America. They're keeping the European guys away for mm-hmm. right now. Could we see that, or is is the, that ship sailed? That's a good question. I don't know, uh, to be quite honest. I think it, you know something could depend on um, who's who has needs where. Maybe Carolina has has other plans for for certain players, and, and for one reason or other, for some of the reasons we touched on earlier maybe those plans fall through. Maybe you're not able to send, let's say one of your defensemen you want to send in to, to Team X, but Team X gets an extra player down from their parent club, and all of a sudden there's no room, right? Mm-hmm. So it almost becomes like a game of musical chairs. You know, talking to some you know, different GMs around the league, that's their sense of things. That, um, And this is why I think for Carolina, this is such a difficult situation that you no longer control your own fate or your own destiny with your players, right? You're now depending on the goodwill and the grace of other NHL clubs and their general managers to, to help you out, right? And sure, they might help you out where they can if it works for them, but they're certainly under no obligation, number one. Yeah. Number two, they're going to do it on their terms. Number three, if they do it, uh, 
your player is not their priority, right? Like you're essentially in, in a way you're, 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 a crash, you're crashing at somebody else's house. Right. So like, right. it's, <laughs> you don't get all the, all the comforts of your own home at that point. Right. Like yeah. you're kind of, you're on somebody else's schedule now. Right. Like, and so that's where it gets really difficult. That's where, I mean, you used to, I mean, if you go back through the history of the league, you used to have a lot, well, not a lot, but you had a good number of teams that would, would go with split affiliations or, or scatter their prospects. And, and teams tried that out. It was difficult. And that's why you saw this big push over the last, let's say, 10, 15 years for everybody to come, you know, come in, get the league up to 32 teams. Everybody have a one-to-one uh, ratio for their affiliate to 10 NHL club. And it was working until this year when we had kind of the, this, yeah. this bombshell drop. Um, and so now we're just, uh, I think a lot, it's almost like you're just feeling your way through the dark here, trying to, um, see if there's some light at the other side, but, uh, there could always be a situation where they come back together in the, not an affiliation, but like whether they're loaning out a couple guys there out of necessity and they figured out that way where Chicago's like, okay, you know what? We're actually not as good as we thought. Like we need a couple more guys here. We, we do. So there's that angle. Um, I'm curious. We, we talked about this before we went on air, but, you know, Tim Carolina, that is run in a way where they don't, they find, they have their own kind of value line and then you either meet it or you don't. They're not, mm-hmm. they, they set their own internal measures for a lot of things. Do you think they'll be a team that will do a dual affi- affiliation in two years, like what? What's the step forward for Carolina? Like, like I know, okay, one year they spread things around, but looking around the league, like, what are they, who are they going to partner with? They had a bad breakup with Charlotte. They Springfield's taken for a couple more years, right? Yeah, there was St. Louis. So uh... no, no, but isn't aren't they? They just signed like it's multi-year. Yeah. So that's not an option. Um, the other teams that are somewhat near Chicago proximity wise so if you want the same flying thing they're all taken what has to happen here like it's almost like there needs to be mediation like there's one independently like a non-affiliate team in the age there's one team that i shall without an affiliate Just figure it out guys no <laughs> like we need some some parent trap stuff here well yeah you you essentially you have 32 people you have 30 31 chairs available in terms of teams that are at the moment open and ready for, for, for an NHL parent club. That's a good question. I have asked a lot of people that, and I have yet to get anything even approaching an answer to that question. That was the first thing that came to me. It's like, okay, maybe if you're Carolina, you can make this work for a year. You can kind of feel your way, muddle your way through it. You send your guys off to Europe, the European players, you scatter some players here. They're kind of like what St. Louis did back in those, 2017, 18, uh, when they split up with Chicago. Uh, but you saw, like, immediately thereafter, St. Louis got into a new affiliation uh, with, uh, at the time, it was San Antonio. What do you do now, though, if, if, for the most part, if you look around the league, I mean, everybody's in a pretty happy marriage. And we were saying, not- so we were mentioning how I, I said um, a while ago that I believed that. Chicago will be a great landing spot for a third goalie. Like if a team's like, you know, we have a goalie, we'll send them down, but 
for whatever reason, there's not room on their affiliate. Whatever, right? Mm. Here's the problem. The goalie that Carolina can send down, because Pyotr Kochikov is still waiver, is not waiver eligible, sorry, for this upcoming year, even though he's in the first of a four-year deal um, at $2 million cap hit. Antti Rant is still signed. Freddie Anderson's still there. There is a world where they want to send Kochikov down. Maybe, maybe for two weeks or whatever. Like, there could be a situation where let's get him some games, right? What do you do? Because Chicago, for example, for them doesn't make much sense because, well, maybe it would make more sense than in the past because I think that Coach Cobb is a good enough talent that Chicago would, would want to play him too. Like, I don't think there's that. There's no Alex line there kind of mm. in between. Um, but if that's not an option, where are you sending him and what value are you getting out of him going elsewhere if he's going to be a fish out of water? You know, it, it's a really slippery slope. And I'd like, you know, even dual affiliations have their issues too, right? Let alone zero affiliation. I mean, like, dual affiliations are really difficult, right? Why? Like especially, well, because there's always usually, they're very rarely 50-50. So hold right? that, Pat. Let me let me explain. Dual affiliation, by the way, guys, is, for those listening, it's when one, when one minor league team will have two NHL affiliates, correct? Correct. So what we saw in 21-22 with Seattle and Florida right. in Charlotte. Um, but you don't see 50-50 splits. It's always – there's always one team that is still the primary team, and then there's a second team that's kind of coming in. That's what Seattle did that year. But Seattle didn't have many players, though, too. Which was fine. That's why it was fine. They needed right. a place to put seven right. or eight call-up guys, basically. You know, right. yeah, you, you, so you put a Joey Decord there. You know, okay, here's our goalie. If, if we have an injury in Seattle, that we can bring up easily. A few defensemen, Connor Carrick, for example, played there. Um, you know, guy you, you can call up on short notes. Uh, a couple forwards, you know, you made it work, right? And it was a one-year deal, and you knew you had Coachella Valley coming in the following year. Yeah. So, fine. For one year, and with, with no real picks in the system yet, it works. But, I mean, if you're a team like Carolina, you have picks. You have a, your whole development cycle going. Um, you're always a team that, you know, to, to, to some extent, is going to have to rely on good player development to, to contend. I mean, you're never going to. Yeah. You're not going to be the New York Rangers. You're not going to be the Leafs in terms of just, you know, just blindly throwing money around. So, um, and and even if, even if you have money to, to throw around, uh, in terms of free agency, like you still, everybody needs to develop. Like we live in a cap system. What happened with St. Louis with those prospects when there was a dual affiliation with Springfield and who was it? Was it, uh, no, was San Antonio to dual affiliation? Uh, they, uh, no, St. Louis, they scattered their players around, I think it was five different teams. Like, so Jordy Bennington, for example, went to Providence. Uh, right, that's how we ended up there. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, Jake Walman was in. He was in Binghamton for a time. I believe he was also with the Wolves for a time, and so it becomes very sort of piecemeal. Okay, I can find a spot for this guy here. Mm-hmm. I can find a spot for this guy here. Cross your fingers, hope that uh, you know there that 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 other team that you're sending him to. That's, uh, you know, there's that the NHL team is okay with that setup. Uh, so there's just a lot more uh, 
hoops you have to jump through, right? That it's got me um, an uncomfortable feeling being one of those guys in the room, hey? Like, well, that's the other thing, right? So the, that's you're the ugly duckling. We're we're talking about this from the management side. Now you're a player. Now you've just been dropped into a new team. You're the new guy. It's like being the, the new kid in school the first day, right? Like Well, not even um, that. It's like it's like you're it's like you're at a sleepover and the parents are all talking about how like, yeah, if you like, you know, if you do this, we'll all go on a trip to Mexico. Um, but like the one kid there, he's not part of the family, so he's not going. No matter how hard he works, it's not up to him. His parents are at home. It's kind of like you're complete. That's a good analogy, hey? Uh, it's pretty. Uh, it's I don't know. I get everyone on the same page there with, with that. Yeah. Like, it sucks to the player. Sucks. Yeah, and you're not. So you're coming in. You're not playing your your NHL team system. You're not. Maybe they'll send one of their coaches there, uh, development guys. You know, will pop in here and there, but. Um, yeah, you're just always sort of you. You're the other guy, right? Yeah. And you know, like, like Charlotte and Charlotte uh, for that season, like they made it a big point to really integrate everybody. Like there were no Seattle guys, there were no Florida guys, we're all Charlotte checkers. And that's easier to do though when it's uh, more or less half and half. But when it's maybe you're one, one or guy, two other guys. Well, you know what though? But here's the thing: odds are. If there is someone they reassign, it will be more than one going somewhere, ideally, because like, your development guys can't be – they're already on planes all the time, right? You need your pro guys somewhat – like you, they have to have time to go from place to place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're right. I think this will play out in September, yeah. a lot of it. like, And I think they're probably just punting into that and be like, we'll deal with it then. Um, but there's a lot riding on Kochikov because if he does not – make it or is not the the one or the two because i think they're gonna run a bullpen i think that the, it's gonna be a split whoever the two guys are maybe even the third um and they want him to play games that's a that's a headache so they're really banking on him banking on him making it to be honest but, but we, we talked a little bit about this before the show like if i'm carolina i want coach cough playing 50 games this year somewhere wherever he is i want to play 50 like i don't want him sitting on a bench I don't want him in a bullpen situation. I want him yeah. like being a Dustin Wolf and, and you know playing three times a week. You know, it's funny. I agree with you, and I think I, I usually would side, but I almost – I think the position's changing now. I think that there are less and less guys playing 60 games plus, for example. Sure. I know you said 50, but there's a difference there. But I just – I kind of see it as a means of you have this – and I mentioned this last show, but you kind of have a bullpen now of goalies. And I think mm-hmm. that there was – did Dustin Wolf gain a lot from this year? For sure. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think almost, you know, Kochikov can I – think, I think I could say confidently, I think right now, he could help Carolina win games. And if you can do that in some capacity, right? Like, what about rotating him in, like easing him in this year – and then, you know, if he's not getting enough games, you set him down somewhere, which we just discussed is going to be a headache. Um, and then the next year, maybe he plays 40, maybe 50. But you're unless you're Vasilevsky or Halibuck, you're not playing 60. And frankly, sure. we may never see another Vasilevsky. So I kind of, like, I agree with you, but I almost mm-hmm. don't. Because it's like, I, I just, I think there's value you can get from a middle well, let, ground. Let me put it this way. I want to have the option to play him 50 games. There you go. Yeah, for sure. Right? 
I don't want to have to come down to, well, you know, I'll, I'll cross my fingers and hope that, you know, so-and-so's affiliate will take him and then let him play, let him be yeah. the number one guy, which that's another thing. Are they going to let some guy come in from the outside and, and push their guy aside? Uh, well, You know how it is. There's politics and, and there's – Yeah, I know for sure. It's going to have to be a situation where it's a team that could use a goalie and probably most teams that could use a goalie aren't very good teams. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's that balancing act there, too. But we also even even discussed this angle. What if there's injuries? We haven't even discussed that. We've been talking about how they're going to put certain guys some places, some guys other places. How many two-way deals did they sign? None. So if there's an injury, what do they do? Good question. Right they, the, the prospects that they're going to sprinkle around, none of them are close to NHL ready right now. And even if they had a blue chip prospect, they're not necessarily going to want to put them in NHL games right away. So I so, will rephrase. What do you do? So let's go to our handy dandy uh, cat friendly site, right? So right now you have, uh, and this is obviously it's some, some guesstimation, but you have seven, seven defensemen. Let's just start with defensemen because you always. That's like the first place you end up getting, yeah. You know, in terms of cops, you have seven defensemen, all, all established guys, right? In Carolina at the moment, you would now have at the moment you have five players under contract in the Carolina system. Um, I would agree that you know you have Ant- Anthony Honka, who you know uh, he had a solid, very solid season uh, in 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 Chicago this past year. So he's probably at this point, now your number one call-up guy, right? You have Griffin Mendel, who they just signed uh, last week. Um, he's an option for, for a call-up. Um, a guy that, you know, had, again, a, a solid season. But, like, yeah. so at that point, then, you only have five options. You're Probably you're only two of them are realistic call-up options. And that's assuming you don't get injuries. You can see where the depth will get tested very quickly. Because the problem, too, is, like, you don't want to be in a situation, a team like Carolina won't do this to begin with, you don't want to be in a situation where you get an injury or two yeah. within a short span, and you know, you can't bank on someone being on waivers then by chance, so that's not even something you can think about as an option. You're not going to spend an asset to get someone to come in for a short-term time, right? They're short-term injuries. If they're long-term injuries, I can see Carolina going trading, getting someone in. That's the way they roll. But if it's like a short-term thing, which is no small feat, right? You go and give up a huge slew of games. What do you do? Like, it's, it's... That's where I'm really curious about this because they don't have many options. So I don't even know what they're going to do, whether they're and, in the HL or not. And I'll... I'll add on just in terms of goaltending. So now you have uh, you have a real good prospect, Yannick Paris coming in from Quinnipiac. Great year in college last year. Uh, coming in as a rookie now. Where do you put him? Right? Like, yep. Now, if you had your own affiliate, this is this would be a perfect setup, right? Like, mm-hmm. all right, fine. You roll one, two, Kochikov and, and Paris as your, uh, your your two guys at the AHL level. You'd be good to go. You, you might have one of the best tandems in the league for that matter. But now, again, now you're trying to get a rookie 
like parrots and you're trying to, okay, we got to find a home for him too. Yeah. Um, you know, like I've seen teams in this situation that end up having to send a guy down to the ECHL, mm-hmm. even though he's probably well above that level. Um, like Bennington. But, yeah. So you get into a situation there where there are no spots available. Right. And you're like, well, okay, I guess it's off to the ECHL for you. Mm-hmm. Even though that that may not be what best serves the player's needs and his, uh, his development. So this is a headache. You know, I do not envy the Carolina Hurricanes. I do not envy Don Waddell at the moment having to sort of untangle this because uh, just, you know, it's one of the things people kind of, I think they hand wave this away like, oh, this will all work out. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. What's the big deal? Yeah. It, but when you start to break it down to a player by player level, position by position, and all of a sudden now you have to broker deals for, let's say, 10 to 15 players, including two goalies. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's tough, especially at the start of the year. Everybody's, you know, reasonably healthy. There's, um, you know, there's not so many spots. It's one thing maybe halfway through the year when teams, other teams out there, you know, have injuries or are looking to fill some spots. Maybe you can bring a player at that point. But, you know, October yeah. generally, everybody's in pretty good shape. Is this Carolina's fault, though? I don't think so. No, I because mean, if I don't you look at it. I don't even know if there's a fault here. I think it's just a. Well, no, I'm not saying there's fault either. My point being is, like, I kind of feel bad for them in the sense of because Charlotte's independently owned too, correct? Correct. So they're in a situation where there's two things, twofold. One, they were dealing with independently owned teams that were getting in the way of whatever it is they were trying to achieve in whatever facet. Okay, so it just wasn't working there. You could say, oh, just go buy affiliate. There's none for sale. So yeah, there's 32 teams and they're kind only- of stuck, to be frank. They are stuck. Um, I don't know at all the intricacies of their front office. I don't know if they would buy one tomorrow if it was available. I don't know. But I do feel oh, bad. Easy that- to say, all right, even if you, all right, you rustle up the, the, let's say, 15 million in cash or whatever. Whatever. All yeah. right. Where do you put a team? Right. Like, okay. Uh, you know, is there an available city? Is there an available? No, but rink? We're, I think 32 is the fine number. I don't think that. Yeah. They need. Now, I'm just saying, though, like, if, yeah. uh, if, if, if that was something that was a possibility, it's just it's not. I just feel like the NHL is going to be not happy with this because, and understandably, like, and, and I think the HL has a headache on their hand, too, because, like, we've got this situation, right? We've got this team be independently owned, which is fine, but then also independently there's no affiliation. Then we've got the NHL team without one. Like it's, I think, I think, as I said before, I will stand by, there'll be some sort of, not that they're going to re like, not going to get back together. Um, I think they're broken up, but I think there'll be some sort of mediation and maybe a player going one way just because of out of, from both teams needing one another in some way. Um, let's uh, shift gears to, to next season. Um, which first round picks could we see in the AHL? Edward Shaw is one name that you brought up to me that makes a lot of sense. Polarizing player from this draft fell a bit um, in the in the in the draft. He was originally supposed to be a top five, top ten pick for the years leading up to it. Stuff happens. He fell. Top end talent could make a lot of sense for Coachella Valley next year. I would say. I would say you're right. Um, and you, so you look at a player like. Um, uh, David Jerichek, for example, right? 
you know, a guy that was playing over, you know, with a Czech club, um, came over first round pick 18. I could see, I could see this player following that same path, right? Like you need to jump up from the, uh, from the Czech league. Right now, um, this is a player that, you know, he could also, he could go to the OHL. That would be a possibility. Um, I think of Philip Machart, you know, kind of a similar situation in that sense. Um, he went 26 overall to the Habs in 2022. Played, uh, he started the season with Laval, played one game, ended up going down to Kitchener, mm-hmm. played the year there. So um, there's that option too. Um, you know, which I, I don't think it's a bad move for anybody, you know, the, the more possibilities you have. Um, but also theoretically he go back to Europe too I guess right like he could come he to could a, yes, yeah he yeah. could so he's yeah, he could go essentially anywhere from Seattle to uh, Coachella to the OHL or or just stay home um, there's probably there's I think there's pros and cons to all those uh, options I, I don't think he's a realistic pick in terms of a realistic option for to play in Seattle next year but just yeah just in terms of what you theoretically could do, you could put on the table. Um, those are essentially what you, uh, where you could go with that, right? So um, it's a different situation from a Shane Wright, where um, where there's not many options. There's not many options. There's right? not enough so, options, frankly. Uh, but uh, like, like you know, with Shaw, for example, like like he's he was picked up uh, in the o- or in the CHL in Port Draft uh, last year by Barry. Um, so, um, they, they have his OHL rights. Um, but, uh, I think what, what it will come down to is like, all right, you bring him to camp and you see what you have. Totally. Maybe you bring him in there and he just blows you away and you're like, well, he can't play in the OHL. Like he's right. He's far and above that, you know, like, and you see that with young players, right? Like you think you have a, you think you have a good kind of feel, a good read for where they are in their development. Then they have a big summer, right? Yep. And we've seen this, I mean, we've seen this countless times where like, you know, <laughs> you leave a player off in May or June and they come back in September. You're like, oh, wow. So uh, somebody put a lot of time in the gym this summer and, uh, you know, or really work on their skating or all the above. And, you know, is a much different player than they were even three or four months ago. So um, I think this one is they'll, they'll keep their options open. Um I think ideally, if you're Seattle, like you'd like to see him go as high as he can, and you know that for me would, would be Coachella. Um, you'd have a chance to play for Dan Bylsma there. Not a bad thing if you're an 18 year old. Uh, I think sorry, saw him uh, yeah. benefit Shane Wright in the little bit of time that Shane Wright was there during the regular season, and then obviously during the playoffs. Totally, uh, but but I think the the more the more opportunity you have to play in the pro level, um, especially one notch down from the NHL. Yeah, I think if you can get him to Coachella, like if 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 he looks like he can hold his own, that would be where you want to put him. Yeah, like I think, and then you have the contingency too, where you can start with Coachella, send him to World Juniors, and then after say, okay, you know, he's gonna go back to he's gonna go down to the O, right? That's like the mm-hmm. worst case scenario. Before we wrap up, we have to mention we have to talk about Shane right here because this is this could happen again. This debacle of like i just don't even know how to explain it when we first brought up the topic of the chl nhl agreement i played devil's advocate with you 
I checked mm-hmm. around with some OHL people. I understood the argument. I didn't agree, but I was there to relay it. I think it is so beyond stupid, the situation that Shane Wright could be in now. You're in a situation where he either, once again, has to be in the NHL or the OHL next season. That makes zero sense. Think about this. Most prospects that, in general, when they're turned pro, like what they have that, that option there. Shane Wright is good enough to be a pro player. Why are the, these stipulations are so bizarre and archaic? You could seriously risk screw up this guy's development because you are almost forcing Seattle to play him next year, where he may not be ready. So I saw Shane Wright during you know about five rounds of Calder Cup play. What do you um, think? I thought he got better, and uh, certainly by the final against yep. uh, Hershey, I, agree. I thought he more than belonged. And at times, like you, you really saw, like okay, oh yeah. Like, you okay. know, all right. I see why you were fourth overall in the draft. Uh, you know, like you know, and it's like any young player. Like, there's those ups and downs, those inconsistencies, but you can certainly see that talent was there. And yeah, the thought now. Of, so you you just played at that level, like as the hockey's as good as it gets. Yeah, oh yeah. Outside of the NHL. Oh yeah. And now three months later, we're sending you down to play against 16, 17, 18-year-olds. Like, which you already have done now which... one year too long. It's just so mind-blowing. And I'll agree with you. Like I, I watch all of Shane Wright's, uh, maybe it's a couple, but most of Shane Wright's games for Coachella got a lot better, really thrived. And there's a currency to this, really thrived in being a bottom six player, learned some small details, was able to do those things. I don't think he's a lock to make Seattle to camp. Like if you, I don't, I didn't watch him say that guy's gonna be there next year, hundred percent. Granted, Coachella Valley was stacked. There's a lot of guys there. I get it, but he's gonna have to make the team. Like it, it's just like, are they gonna do a second year of this up and down thing where he's in the press box? That doesn't seem to be very smart. No, I, I want Shane Wright playing twenty minutes a night, twenty two minutes a night. I want him playing power play. I want him. Like to see him play PK. And I think he even played in the AHL Pat this year. If he stayed throughout, I think he would have gotten enough momentum that in these playoffs he would have been a top end player. Or at least better than what you saw, I think. If you had some consistency. This is uh yeah, this is uh I'm glad I'm not Don Waddell in Carolina. I'm glad I'm not Ron Francis in Seattle right now because um there's a lot of tough decisions here. And like, honestly, I mean, this is this guy's centerpiece, really, if you're yeah. early on of your Seattle Kraken franchise identity, right? Like your fourth overall pick. I mean, yeah. you, you have a, a lot at stake with a player like that. Um, and it, what? Are, could he go pro somewhere else overseas? I, I don't see that happening. No I, one I, saw I, Austin Matthews doing that. What he did. Just saying. I mean, I if I'm if I'm him and I there's not the age of possibility, I would get him to go overseas and come back for the Calder Cup playoffs. But the situation's silly to begin with, honestly. Um all right, I think we're gonna cap it there, but uh lots uh the conclusion of this show is we're glad we're not Don Waddell or Ron Francis. Um in terms of decisions. They probably live way more fun lives than us. But uh for today's show we'll cap it there um thanks to everyone for listening and uh let us know what you think if uh 
Carolina and Chicago will get back together or if this is this juicy breakup will get worse and worse as time goes on. Thanks, folks. We'll see you next week.